Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to, like, that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place. Like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hello, Weekside Podcast listeners. This is Jenny Rentis. I'm here with Connor Orr. We thought we'd mix things up a little bit this week. We tried to put a call out on Instagram for questions this morning. Connor pulled some Spice Girl lyrics into a little spicy Instagram post. Um, Didn't turn up a lot of questions, but it made us think that in future weeks, we'd love to hear from you. We can work in a QA and a type thing, perhaps to our Tuesday show. So in the future, we have a Gmail address. If you would like to write in, it's weeksidepod at gmail.com. That's W-E-A-K-S-I-D-E. P-O-D at gmail.com. But for this week, since we don't have questions yet, we are going to lean into the Gamblor character. That's G-A-M-B-L-O-R-R because our favorite thing to do on the show is make or puns. Connor has even showed up in costume um, (laughs) to record today's show, which again, we'll have to post a photo of later because this is truly a sight to behold. Um... So I'm just going to turn it over to the gambler because we're going to discuss some bets for the upcoming 2020 season. But Connor has it all down. He's got the he's got the list. He's got the explanation. He's ready to go. 
Okay, so um, this is just for our viewers who are listeners who um, uh, we're going to talk about um, money line betting. So uh, this is from William Hill uh, Gambling Service. Uh, shout out to our former SI colleague, Max Meyer, who is over at William Hill. We miss you, buddy. Um, so a money line bet, just so everyone uh, knows sort of the basics of it. Um, uh, uh, like, for example, a plus 200, there's a plus and a minus, right, on every bet, uh, a, a yes or a no, basically. The plus would mean, so let's say it's plus 200. That would mean that you would make $200 if you bet $100 and were correct. But if it's um, minus 200, then that means you would need to bet $200 to win $100, if that makes sense. So um, we're not really going to get into the mechanics of that, but we're throwing that around. And I know some people aren't um, hardened gambling types. I'm not really. I used to bet on um, horse racing. I used to like horse racing. Um, that was fun. But, um, you know, anyway. That's just what we're going to do. So, Jenny, I'm going to throw a couple things at you. Uh, again, totally random. There's really not a specific order, but I picked out, looked at all of William Hill's offerings right now and picked out some of the things that I thought were most interesting to discuss. Um, so let's get to it. But first, what do you think of the of the gambler's hat? Is this like, do you think it, it fits the character? Absolutely. Well. It's a look. I noticed you removed the sunglasses to really focus on your pad of paper, but I think <laughs> with the Kangol and the sunglasses, it's really a character that's just kind of sprung up. You know, in the last week on the weak side, we've re really uh, come up with this gambler character, and I think it's going to be with us for a long time, Connor. Oh, that's, that's good to hear. Um, okay, so the first one is uh, the Atlanta Falcons to make the playoffs, and that's a yes at plus 240 and no at uh, minus 300. So uh, overwhelmingly sort of favoring the fact that the Falcons won't make the playoffs. But that's interesting to me, so we'll start there. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that there's a little bit of value to be had right there. I do, too. I kind of like the Falcons to be in the playoff mix. I am assuming this is because, you know, you've got the Drew Brees-led Saints and the arrival of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But, uh, you know, I think the Falcons are always in the mix. They had a bumpy season last year, but really kind of came together down the stretch, saved Dan Quinn's job, and it seems like he's embraced this offseason with a fresh approach and has been really focusing on connecting with his players. And I could see them making the playoffs, Connor. I kind of like that too. Yeah, I do too. Um, so along those lines, um, and I, I don't want to influence you in any way, but the other division uh, or the other to make the playoffs one that I picked out that I thought was pretty interesting was Indianapolis Colts. Yes, minus 160, no, uh, plus 140. So everybody kind of thinking that the Indianapolis Colts are going to make the playoffs because uh, of Phillip Rivers. But I don't know. Um, I thought that was sort of an interesting one uh, that people might be able to capitalize on. I'm kind of down on the Colts this year. Me too. I, yeah, I mean, I think they have connections with Rivers and they went for him and they're trying to figure out their post-Andrew Luck quarterback plan. So this was kind of a, a stopgap measure. But I think Rivers' play really declined last season, and um, maybe they're counting on the offensive line being stronger in Indianapolis for him to be able to kind of function a little bit better than he did with the Chargers last year. But I don't see them as a playoff team, Connor. I don't either. Um, you know, I, I just think that it's uh, – 
I don't I don't know what Philip Rivers is right now. And granted, it's a better offensive line, um, probably a wash in terms of the receiver talent um, that he switches from uh, maybe slightly more of a comfort zone in the offense. But that division is still very good. Um, it's gotten better, I think, um, since last season. And I don't know. I'm uh, I'm just not uh, totally high on the Colts. So I think that was an interesting one. Yeah, that was a good selection. Those are two good discussion points, Connor. I like what you're doing here. Yeah, um, basically just uh, seeing if you agree with me. On- <laughs> I mean, the uh, good part is like there's months until we'll actually know any of these things. So exactly. people will have forgotten probably what we're saying right now. That's right. Um, so the next one I thought was kind of fascinating was comeback player of the year. And now there are hundreds of op- there well not hundreds dozens of options for um comeback player of the year um but i'm curious uh where would your um where would your head be at right now and do you want me to list a few of them and uh just kind of see what you think or do you want to list one and see where they are on the list let's hear a couple names connor okay so the top Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So these are the top eight players for comeback player of the year in order. Number one is Rob Gronkowski. Number two is Ben Roethlisberger. Three is J.J. Watt. Four is Matt Stafford. Five is A.J. Green. Six, Cam Newton. Seven, Alex Smith. And eight, Nick Foles. So I think that's an interesting crop of uh, players at the top of comeback player of the year. I'm just going to venture a guess and say that none of those eight win it. I don't think so either. Like, like, I don't think those are great picks. No. When I looked at the list at first, I was like, what? Um, especially Rob Gronkowski. Um, I, I can't imagine very many tight ends have ever won comeback player of the year. Um, uh, ben Roethlisberger feels safe to me, but... Um, who knows? I don't know, uh, you know how how much better that offense is going to be. AJ Green is going to be playing with a rookie wide receiver. That offense, I think, is going to have a hard time getting going. Um, so yeah, not a lot of uh, not a lot of great options there. Maybe Nick Foles because all Nick Foles does is win. So maybe that was uh, you know something there. I think the comeback player of the year is always a hard one because generally the kind of appeal of that is it's someone that you don't expect. Uh, And certainly there are cases where there's a player, a quarterback coming off a season ending injury. So I understand that Roethlisberger among that list would probably be among the more likely, but um, a lot of times this comes out of nowhere, right? Like we saw Darren Waller have this great story last year, you know, battled through uh, addiction and came back and was a great player for the Raiders. And so I think there's, um, you know, Tannehill was obviously in the mix for the comeback player of the year last year. Who actually won it, Connor? I I think I voted for Waller, but I don't remember who actually won last year. But those were some of the names that were being considered. And you wouldn't have thought about Darren Waller or Ryan Tannehill at this point last year. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, and now I need to know who won 2019 NFL comeback player. Of the- oh, Ryan Tannehill won. Okay. Okay. Um, so the next group here is my. F- <laughs> this is the second page of the odds, and they are by far my favorite because there's just some wild names on this list. Um, so uh, Nick uh, uh, Nick Foles leaves off at plus twelve hundred, and then everything sort of dovetails uh, from here. So the next names on the list are uh, Alden Smith, um, which is kind of interesting. 
uh, Alden Smith comes. That's one that's sort of in line uh, with what you said. Someone that you know we don't expect, but then uh, it just sort of really gets nuts from here. Uh, Miles Garrett. Uh, I guess I don't know what you're coming back from. Is you know bludgeoning someone with your helmet is not really like a story we can all get behind um yeah that's gonna be that would be really tough to collect votes for him i would say and then at the same they're both plus 2500 antonio brown which like i don't think anybody is getting behind that as a feel-good comeback story um and then from there deshaun jackson baker mayfield andy dalton bradley chubb jared goff david johnson joe flacco and then Jawan James at plus five thousand. Like that's wow. like, that's like really interesting. Now here's kind of a spicy one. The last one that you can get at plus ten thousand. So you bet a hundred dollars to win ten thousand. Derwin James from the Chargers. Oh what? wow! Now that's good because see, he, yeah, that's really good. What if he came back to be like defensive player of the year, like change the Chargers' fortunes? Ooh, yes. I like and that to- one. And totally capable of doing that absolutely like was such a force the year before and they obviously missed him last season so okay i could get behind that according to william hill he is less likely to win comeback player of the year than josh rosen like i just again and josh rosen would be a wonderful feel-good story i would be uh i would be thrilled if he found a place in the nfl where he could prove all the doubters wrong but like derwin james is a good value pick there it's like if i'm a gambler and you know which i am you know gambler uh you know a lot of what they do is they look at these things for inefficiencies and they they don't care if they lose a lot and so they throw these hundred dollar or whatever however many dollar bets around um looking for inefficiencies derwin james to me is a big one like the, the odds on that are fantastic yeah. Well, at least you play a gambler on this podcast, Connor. You might not be one, but, you know, you're playing the role well. That's right. Well, thank you. Um, so the next one um, is Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, and, you know, I think that the safe bet is typically always going to be Joe Burrow. Um, you know, I think that's where a lot of the momentum is going. But um, from there, the list, I think it's really interesting. But first, I'll ask anyone that you kind of have your eye on um, beyond Joe Burrow as, an, as a rookie of the year type player. Well, who, who are the next few on the list, Connor? So the next one on the list is really interesting to me and a name that I actually really loved. And I'm kind of bummed that it's already that high. He's already that high up on the list. And that's Clyde Edwards Hilaire from the Chiefs is the number two. Um, You know, I think that everybody's obviously going to be bullish on the Chiefs there. And now that Andy Reid has spent a first round pick on a running back, I think everybody's kind of going to be, you know, on his case this year as a potential, um, you know, person who's going to... pile on the statistics but i don't know so that one was really interesting to me i really liked uh, i liked clyde edwards hilaire well i think that makes sense because you have to think about who is kind of able to slot in and i think that would be the question mark with some of the receivers right because receivers often a position where rookies have trouble contributing immediately or it's it's you know the the history of that position has been that it takes a little bit longer so Jerry Judy and CD Lamb and Henry Ruggs might not be as high up on the list whereas like Edwards Hilaire you figure okay he's plugging into a great offense you know 
it's a position where sometimes you you see running backs get delayed being on the field because of like third down pass protections or such. But you figure if anyone can plug in a player into his offense quickly, it would be Andy Reid. So I think that makes sense. I mean, obviously there's, you know, Tua I'm sure is not far behind on the list. Um, Yeah, so I can go down the next few names if that. uh, So after Edwards Hilaire, Tua is next. And then we have Jonathan Taylor, Henry Ruggs, CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, and then all the way after that, uh, Justin Herbert at plus 2,000. So, you know, I was like, not bullish on Justin Herbert, but um, I I wonder what makes people that much more confident in Tua given the injury issues. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think I would maybe side a little bit more with Justin Herbert there. Yeah, that's actually why I asked you who the second one on the list was rather than venture, I guess. But I was curious how far Tua was behind Burrow. Um, I agree with you, Connor. I I would say that that they have equal chances. I mean, I think people are maybe saying, okay, well, the Chargers like Tyrod as a bridge guy, and they do, and... You know, this is a year when you figure a bridged quarterback would have a better chance of playing longer than a rookie because they're going to have less time to get acclimated. But you never know. And I think the conversation around two has always kind of been like it would be good if he had some time to make sure he's fully recovered from the injury. So I am surprised there's that much of a gap between the two of them. You know, uh, you know what one I kind of sneaky love? I I was I just had a thought of one too, and I'm curious if it's the same. <laughs> okay, so all the way at the bottom, these are in the plus ten thousand um, range. Uh, so there's two of them here that I kind of like, but the biggest one, Jacob Eason, at ten thousand plus ten thousand. So bet a hundred to win ten thousand. You don't know what's gonna happen with Philip Rivers. It's a weird season. If and, and I'm not wishing this upon anybody, but God forbid an injury happens, he steps in. That's a quarterback friendly system. Frank Reich, and even though we're down on the Colts, like he performs above expectation. Uh I don't know. That's kind of a fun one, you know? Oh, that's a good one. I like it. I wasn't going quite f- that far down, but I Jalen Rager is one that kind of popped out at me just because there's such a dire need there for the Eagles. I like that pick, and uh, so the other reason I like it so much, and we can plug the uh, Sports Illustrated fantasy uh, football issues. I have him as my offensive rookie of the year, Jalen. Oh Rager wow! As well. I didn't mm-hmm. even know that. See? Really, just in synergy on the show, Connor. God, great, great minds. Uh, but he's at plus twenty two hundred, so uh, I think you're in, we're in good shape here. We're just minting money for the listeners of the Weekside Pod right now. Good for them. Good for you guys that you're sticking with us we're recording this on memorial day it's going to be kind of a sneaky little episode and then all of a sudden you know at the end of the season we're going to be hearing from the two or three really loyal listeners who are going to be picking out their yachts and their vacation homes so good for good for you guys i'm very happy for uh, for all of you so. i mean or not just to be clear we are making no promises here we are doing this largely for fun yes yes uh don't listen to uh don't listen to anything we say um <laughs> safe safe uh safe advice for everybody um the next one uh is a fun one too and that is regular season mvp uh you know there's the, the obvious ones here uh at the top of the list patrick mahomes lamar jackson russell wilson are the top three mm-hmm. um but then 
Deshaun Watson is four. That's one that would scare me a little bit. Um, and that's that has nothing to do with Deshaun Watson. I just think that the Texans are going to take a step back, and they also removed his best uh, offensive weapon from the equation. I think that that's a trouble spot. Um, and then Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Kyler Murray, Carson Wentz, Aaron Rodgers, uh, the first non-quarterback on the list, Saquon Barkley um, at plus 3,000. Um Josh Allen is in the mix here. Um, and then all the way back down at the bottom of the list at plus 5,000, you get Jared Stidham, uh, which I think is an interesting one. Drew Locke at plus 6,600. Um, same as Ryan Tannehill and Cam Newton. Uh, and then, you know, even past that, beyond that, uh, some interesting sort of value ones that I would pick. Jared Goff at plus 10,000. Like, just sitting there. And, you know, you have Sean McVay as a head coach. You have the offseason where, you know, you guys had the chance to work together. There wasn't a coaching change. I don't know. I think there's uh, there might be some value to be had there. One thing that stood out to me is Kyler Murray's pretty high. I know. You know, it's a bummer because I was super froggy about the Cardinals, and now it seems like everybody is, is on the Cardinals, which means that they're going to be bad, and so I'm going to have to change – the team you know you just like to have a team that nobody else likes um but you and uh, maybe i should just you know uh this is really a chargers forward uh pod this off season we're very uh, all in on the chargers as well but i think people are creeping on that one too a little bit you know yeah oh are they okay i haven't heard that as much but i definitely have heard the cardinals buzz did you say that kyler murray has the same odds as wentz and rogers or better Better. Okay. So wow. Rogers is at plus twenty five hundred. Kyler Murray's only at plus two thousand. Okay. Um, so he has better odds than Wentz, Rogers, Saquon Barkley, Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo, Christian McCaffrey, Josh Allen, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, Ezekiel Elliott, Derek Carr, Matt Stafford. So I very bullish the gamblers on Kyler Murray. Yeah, that's a little surprising to me. Um yeah, that's 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 higher ranking than I would have expected. And all the, some of the lonely guys there at the bottom of the list that I don't think you can ignore, Ryan Fitzpatrick at plus 15,000. I think that just screams value for me, Jenny. The beard, he could lead the Dolphins in a wide-open AFC. Uh, he's back together with Chan Gailey. Remember how good they were in Buffalo when we were covering the Jets those years? I don't know. Look out. He's, he's just hanging out back there waiting to make you some money. If it was a week eight MVP, then yes. <laughs> but if it's a full season MVP, although who knows? Maybe know, the NFL, right. maybe they don't play a full season. So maybe like maybe this is the year. Come on, you know what are you waiting for, everybody? Let's go, let's go. Think outside the box. Where's Jeopardy, James? He should be. Uh, we should have had him on the podcast. Oh yeah, that's okay. I feel I feel confident in the hands of the gambler this week. So. <laughs> As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. 
I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you, because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. The next one, which I think are kind of fun, are are Joe Burrow-specific odds. And they did one for Joe Burrow, and they did one for Tua. Um, And so I picked out one in particular, um, and that is, uh, the odds that Joe Burrow would set the rookie interception record, which is 28, set by our our favorite Peyton Manning, and it's plus 800, so, um, you know, I don't think there's a lot of confidence in that. But I think that's an interesting discussion point. I don't think it's a guarantee that he comes in and lights the world on fire. He is a player that is not afraid to make these throws uh, and probably won't. that won't change about his game at all in the NFL. So I don't know. That, I think that's an interesting one. I think that record is always going to be a hard one to break. So, um I don't know that I see Burrow breaking that record this year, Connor. Um, it would take a Jameis Winstian effort um, on his part, and I. But I think that there is a lot to there's a lot riding on this season for the Bengals, for Burrow, for Zach Taylor. Um, you just sort of wonder how that's all going to play out. It, it's so funny. I mean, in any other off season, I think we would be so dialed in on the plan for Burrow and what this offense is going to look like, how similar it's going to be to what he, um, to what he was used to at LSU. But, you know, with everything going on, it's like you have a hard time kind of zeroing in on all these percolating storylines. But I think that I'm fascinated to see what happens with him. I mean, uh, you know, this is, uh, this could be a a breakout season for him. I don't know. Yeah, I think, if you look at somebody who would throw the rookie interception record, it would be somebody that has a lot of confidence to be passing a ton. Burrow does have a lot of confidence, but I think he only had 
six interceptions in the 2019 season. Obviously, lots of differences from college football to the pros, but I don't know that I, he would be my pick for the guy to do it. Yeah, I think I think that would be interesting. Now, Tua, right, is uh, you know he, he, the same thing here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna throw at you two different Tua prop bets and see okay. what you think about these. So, um, over or under uh, 33. 3,300 passing yards for the season. What do you think about that one? Under. Me too. Uh, I, I don't think we're going to see him until the bye week, after the bye week, if that, right? I mean, and we say this every year, and I know our colleague Albert Breer keeps the list of, you know, the teams who say that we hope this guy isn't going to play this year and how soon into the season the rookie quarterback always ends up playing. But with both the Chargers and the Dolphins, I would not be surprised if we don't see these guys for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where when you have these prop bets for the rookies, it's kind of like it's got to be a quarterback. Like, for instance, for the rookie interception record, it's got to be someone that will play right away, which is why Joe Burrow would be in the conversation to possibly break the rookie interception record. But I agree with you. I, I, I think it'll be... Tua and Herbert, I think, will sit for a bit. And so I think that makes any of these rookie records difficult to break. Would that mean that you're equally as down on the t- over or under 20 touchdowns? I would, I, I'm definitely a way under on that one too, right? Definitely an under, yep. Because think about how, you know, as crazy as it is, you know, Baker Mayfield's uh, big rookie season that we were all gushing about, I think was like 20 six or 27 touchdowns so it would have to come within sniffing distance of that um and while baker didn't play the entire season either i I don't know i mean that's that's a lot i think to put on on someone like Tua, especially when we don't know what his health situation looks like when he's actually going to come out there and start playing so i don't know i'm uh i'm a little down on that yeah that seems to be set kind of high i think so too um so this is a fun guessing game i'm going to ask you to give me the four or f- uh, we can four or five. I'll, I'll accept any of the five, five worst Super Bowl odds um, for any team in the NFL. Who are the teams that you think are at the very bottom of the of the odds list for uh, Super Bowl winners in 2020? OK, Washington. Yes. Detroit. Not in the bottom four, but they're in the bottom like seven. OK, um, Cincinnati. Yes. Jets? Jets are bottom one, two, three, four. They're five. They're right outside the bottom five. Okay. Um, I'm probably missing someone super obvious, Connor. There's a team that you are perpetually always down on that you have not named yet, and I'm kind of surprised that you haven't listed them yet. You know, it's so hard when you have to just come up with, like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like when I do these things, usually I have to go division by division because it's easy just to s- simply forget someone. Um, a team that I'm perpetually down on. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, and every time that uh, I, I remember several times uh, over the course of the pod, um, uh, I have listed this team as maybe a potential sleeper or a team that I'm high on when no one else is high on. And I always, and, and you're, and you're always right about it, but you always give it the big SWAT. And I, I've, I've noticed that um, <laughs> over time. So this is one that I'm surprised that you haven't uh, named immediately. Um, okay. Um, I'm going to just go through the, some of the divisions in my mind. Uh, it's a team in the South. The NFC South? 
or the AFC South? I was just going to say the su- the southern part of the United States. Oh, the States. southern part of the United States. Okay. <laughs> Southeastern. Oh, the Jaguars. Yes. Yeah. Um, Sorry. That was an obvious one. Really embarrassing. It took me so long to get there. <laughs> uh, okay. The- so, so we've got Jaguars. We've got Washington. Bengals. And we've got Bengals. Okay. And then you got you got one more. Um, uh, I, I would give you credit for Jets because the Jets were the fifth w- lowest. But there is one more, and this one kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, but I Giants? Guess, no. Oh, mm-hmm. not the Giants. Okay. Um, Another, um, it, it's an animal similar to a jaguar. How about that? Is this? Uh, I didn't watch Tiger King, so I'm a little bit. Um, a little, oh, Panthers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Four four worst chances to win the Super Bowl: Panthers, Jaguars, Washington, and Cincinnati. In that order, Cincinnati. So a lot of cats, a lot of big cats. Ooh, yeah. I Three out yeah. of the four, and Washington would it would be great if they changed their mascot to a big cat. So <laughs> we're all hoping that would happen. So maybe there's another big cat out there that they could be like I don't know a snow leopard or something. Is that too Ooh. close to a jaguar? Probably no. I and you know what the uniform possibilities there would really be something. You know because the leopard brings the spots into the equation. Um, you know you could really you could do some nice things there, and you could do sort of a majestic. Because leopards aren't snow leopards are white, but then they get into the off white, um, they like ivory. You could really uh, you could play with it, you know. Great. Okay. Good. We'll suggest it. <laughs> Solving all the league's problems one at a time. Um, so the last two that I wanted to do uh, division favorites, and I, I just figure we'll talk about these. Um, you know, I think that um, we've already sort of gotten into one in the AFC, and, and we'll circle back there in a second. But I'll give you the NFC division favorites, which are Dallas. Green Bay, New Orleans, San Francisco. I envision a world where none of them are uh, the division winners, actually. Okay, this is interesting. So you're thinking... Philadelphia in the yeah, NFC Yeah, Philadelphia. Um, Minnesota I- in the north. Um, maybe Tampa Bay uh, or Atlanta in the south. And then um, in the West, I mean, that division is wide open. I mean, Seattle, um, if you're feeling that good about the Cardinals, the Rams, I mean, that division is wide, wide, wide open. I would that not... division's wide open, yeah. yeah. I, I would know. say of those four, the Saints might be the most likely. And I would put the Packers next. I mean, the Vikings had a lot of losses this offseason. I think they're kind of trying to – rebuild a little bit um key spots of their roster namely their defense True. so i'm i'm a little bit unsure of how they fit in this year um i kind of like dallas but yeah i could i i would i generally would lean philly in that division i would too i just yeah think, i think they're a better coach team i think uh carson wentz is gonna have a good season um i don't know um, who knows? Maybe, you know, it's weird. I went for a run the other day and I saw, um, uh, someone in all of the gear, like, you know how every coach kind of has their, the thing that they wear is like their thing, you know? And someone was wearing the entire Joe judge get up like, the, what? The, like f- head to toe, like the, the hat that he was wearing, uh, the, 
the the kind of the shirt thing that he wears. Um, and I was like, holy cr-. And he looked like him, too. And I thought that Joe Judge moved into my neighborhood, which would have been exciting, but it was not Joe Judge. I stopped, and I, like, which one? It must have been weird for that guy who was walking his dog. Um, and he had a, a, a golden retriever, like Joe Judge. But, oh, wow. You could have had socially distanced hangouts around the lake with him. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think that, you know, but maybe, maybe you know, I don't know. I don't need to know where he lives, but it would have been, you know, would have been cool. Um, so AFC division winners, uh, Kansas City, Indianapolis, Baltimore, and New England uh, in the East. So I think that a lot of these could be up for debate, too. I have New England winning um, the AFC East again. I just I don't feel like there's a reason to bet against them. I think I didn't pick Baltimore um, when we talked about this before just to kind of try to throw a little bit of a dissenting opinion in there. But I don't think we love Indianapolis there either, you know? I would say of the four, Indy is the one I like the least, definitely. Um, yeah, I would I, say picking against Kansas City, probably you're trying to get too cute there. Um, I don't see anybody really there that's fully ready to, to take over. Um, maybe the Chargers could make a run. Um, but I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I don't love Indy. I don't know. I'm surprised that they're the favorites there. Me too. Because they've got a change at the quarterback position. They have both the Titans and the Texans made the playoffs last year. So I guess odds makers are really on board with the gamblers take that. It'll be hard for Derrick Henry to follow up last season's performance, and thus the Titans will fall off a little bit. And then I guess the loss of DeAndre Hopkins with the Texans, but they still have Deshaun Watson. So, um, yeah, I'm not liking the Colts there. Yeah, The other ones sound pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's going to be weird. I mean, betting on the NFL this year is probably going to be weird no matter what. Right, you know? right. So, like, w- what happens if you place bets now, but then there isn't a season? I, think I mean, it looks just, like we're heading toward a season. I just want to say that, but I'm just curious. You just get your money back. Okay, um, yeah. But I would, I would encourage anybody to use a reputable uh online gambling site you know like our like our buddy max meyer over at william hill um and you know don't don't do the seedy um offshore bank account bookie deal because then you know who knows you know bet responsibly is all all we're trying to say yeah yeah definitely follow the gambler's guidelines for responsible (laughs) betting (laughs) what's the last time have you have you ever bet on anything um, I think I uh, one time won like $30 at a slot machine in New Orleans. Nice. Um, I think I played some low-stakes poker games with friends in college. My college newspaper friends. There was like a weekly poker game going. You were in college right during the big Texas Hold'em boom, right? That was, right. Yeah. Yes, that was exactly the time. And um, I have been to a few racetracks, but I don't recall ever betting there. Horse I like, racing. I like betting on horse racing, but I only know one kind of bet. Um, and so I, it's like you say whatever the horse's name that you like, and then you say across the board. So I guess that means you're either betting for it to finish in first, second, or third. Um, and so that's always fun. But like, oh, okay. I, I, I'm told that's not the best way to do it. But somebody was trying to explain it to me like right before the Belmont Stakes, and they're like, "Just do this," and uh, so that's what I do. Yeah. Okay. 
I do enjoy going to horse race. I went to the Derby one year and that to cover it, and that was um, well, I was covering because uh, Chris Mara of the Giants was a part owner with Starlight Racing, and they had the they were. Um, he did double duty there, which I feel like I mentioned recently on another pod. So I'm probably just repeating the same thing over and over again. But that was a cool experience, making the walk and seeing the whole crowd at the Derby. I mean, it's it's the amount of people there, um, which in this COVID era is like kind of hard to fathom. Mm-hmm. But it's a very different like feeling than a stadium because it's like this broad grandstand right so it's um there's something different about the impact that that size of the crowd makes but yeah of course now any of those crowds feel overwhelming and anxiety ridden so it's kind of different to look back on that these days the last time i went to the belmont um we went for the triple cr- the, whoever the last horse to win the triple crown was um justify maybe um we saw it whatever it was um and, but I don't remember that because uh, we were we we were we were in the like in the outfield or whatever we were just kind of hanging out um, and watching it on TV from there when we were sitting near the betting tents. But the big story from that day was that I tried to sneak in um, a two liter bottle of uh, Yellowtail Merlot for my wife in a ch- like a you know those Eddie Bauer soccer mom chairs um and i tried to. oh wow yeah so i shoved it underneath the in 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 between the legs of the chair because i figured there's no way that they're gonna they're gonna see it's a chair bag and they're not gonna you know bang us for that nope stripped the entire chair bag down confiscated our yellow tail merlot um i'm told by wine experts this was a bad that was a bad year for mass-produced australian wines anyway so it's not like we missed out on a whole lot but we did get caught with uh with some uh, confiscated Merlot at the racetrack. I was going to say, Connor, if you had to pick a bottle of wine that got confiscated and that you wouldn't mind losing, Yellowtail Merlot is not a bad (laughs) one to have to surrender, I would say. But that's cool. You got, I mean, to see the Triple Crown, but that was the highlight of the day. Your, Your enduring memory is not seeing the Triple Crown winner, but it is seeing, it is having your Merlot seized. Yeah. Speaking of which, any good, um, uh, any good uh, booze recommendations for the next leg of the uh, of the pandemic? Have you uh, drank anything or bought anything good recently? No, I mean, I, I, I fell victim to that Instagram ad for the like naked wines box or whatever. So, you know, I did the little promotion where you get a box of 12 for like what amounts to $100 with all the thing. And then you have to immediately have to cancel. Um, so you don't pay the monthly fee that would, uh, you know, accrue. 30 days from then but I, I did that so I but I'm, I got it like a month and a half ago and I'm like on the second bottle I'm, I'm a sl- I don't drink I like drink like half a glass with dinner I'm a very like slow drinker so is that like the wine with no preservatives or whatever you know Connor I think it's a program that like I, I don't know that this, the, the wines are different but I think the idea is it's called naked wines because I think they like cut out all of the like middlemen mm. with like the how you know that uh, mass produced wineries so I think that they like tried to invest in like up and coming wineries um I think that's the whole shtick but I don't know how about you anything good on the docket um I I, I got a I got a bottle of Bordeaux that I'm kind of interested in uh, cracking, um, and so maybe I'll do that one of these days. And then uh, just load it up on the boxed wine, Jenny. I mean, that's really what we're. This is the time and the place for it. Um, 
I, I've done uh, all of our local. Uh, we have three breweries that deliver, um, and I've done uh, pandemic orders from all of them to help them out, uh, keep them in business. But uh, at the end of the day, it's all about you know savings, finance, and there's not a there's not a better deal in drinking than the boxed wine. So. That's good. I, I think we can all get behind that. Some pandemic savings, you know. That's right. Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, well, we hope you, we made you guys some money. We hope that you had a great uh, Memorial Day weekend. We hope you were safe and not uh, and not grinding with a bunch of strangers in the Lake of the Ozarks. Oh my goodness! Seeing that video gave me uh, shivers down my spine. Did you see? Did you see that? I did, Connor. That was uh, that was quite the sight. Yeah. Not somewhere we would want to be anytime, but especially now. No. So hopefully you had a safe, social distanced Memorial Day weekend. You got to maybe see some friends and uh, and have a good time. And uh, yeah, stick with us. We'll be back uh, for our Thursday uh, Thursday episode as usual. Yeah. Thanks for putting this together. It's a good uh, little slice of entertainment for people to enjoy with their boxed wine. That's right. The MMQB Weekside Podcast is me, Jenny Vrentis, and Connor Orr. We are produced by Shelby Royston. SI's executive producer of podcasts is Scott Brody. Ben Eagle is director of editorial projects and product. Mark Marivic is emeritus executive director of the MMQB. Keep up with our entire lineup of podcasts five days a week by subscribing to the MMQB NFL Podcast for free on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, please do us a favor and leave a rating and review. It really does help other people find the show, which is also available on Spotify, Radio.com, Stitcher, SI.com, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. 
Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in, so you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.